0: Good morning. This is Coast to Coast Football. The reason why we are Coast to Coast is because I am in Atlanta and my co-host typically is in Seattle, but he's actually in LA or at least Southern California climbing some big half dome. So good for him. Uh, So we'll be just me today. We'll be going solo for about 30 minutes or so. Uh, We are live between 9 and 10 a.m. every Friday morning. Uh, You can catch us here on the same channel where we talk Falcons. We talk Broncos. We talk a little bit of everything. But on Friday, we start taking an overlook of the entire NFL which is why we call it Coast to Coast. And the reason why we go live is because we like saying hello to some folks and getting some questions and answers in the chat and getting what you want to talk about. So I'm not just sitting up here monologuing for 30 minutes to an hour. So when you come in the chat, shoot your questions. What's on your mind? Um, I know we've got a lot of different fans from a lot of different areas. So don't be shy. Come in, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and let us know what you want to talk about. Some of the things I want to talk about today is I basically just want to kind of go through the biggest storylines in the NFL and, and how I'm going to do that is I'm going to highlight each game and just say because there's there's something interesting to me for each game so we'll rapid fire today we'll go through all these maybe just a couple of minutes on each one and I want to go through just each game and and say you know what is the most interesting thing that is is going on from why does this game matter basically. And you know maybe throw in a prediction here or there or two. Um, start last night with the. Uh, I don't want to say hello to Roderick. I was highlighting his name, but I forgot to say hello uh, audio wise. Hello, Roderick. Appreciate you being here and joining me this morning. Um, last night's game, uh, another pretty impressive showing from the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know showing that they can get it done in in a multitude of ways. If they're not the favorites in the NFC, well, I, I still think they're the favorites of the NFC. Uh, checking out. Um, ESPN's power rankings they've got they've got the San Francisco 49ers as the number 1 team. Okay, you know, again, for me that's I don't argue those kind of levels. Now if you've got one of them at 15, I'm going to take issue with that, but when you've got one or two with San Francisco and Philadelphia, personally, I'm not saying one overall, but in the NFC, I would have Philadelphia number 1 in the NFC right now. Uh they're they're really good. They've loaded up. Um Talk about impressive debuts and who's, you know, rookies, you know, we like to do the NFL draft. And as we get a couple more games under our belt, as we get closer to, uh, to December and stuff, we will start doing a lot more of NFL, uh, NFL draft content, but doing some quick reviews, Jalen Carter looks like a pretty good pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. And there's going to be a lot of folks that ask, how did he get to, I think it was nine. I think he went right after, right after, uh, Bijan uh, Robinson to the Atlanta Falcons, which caused a big stink in Atlanta because Jalen Carter's from Georgia, you know, really good prospect. I understood how he falls to nine. And I understood why the Eagles were in a position to take him. If they've got questions about, is he a long-term pros- prospect because of character concerns, working concerns, is he going to put in the effort, etc., etc. The Eagles were in a position where they could afford to take a risk. They're, arguably the best roster in the NFC, one of the best in the NFL, coming off a Super Bowl appearance. If they miss on Jalen Carter, they'll be all right. They'll be just fine. If they hit on Jalen Carter, my goodness. So for them, it was a little bit of a low-risk, high-reward type of move. That's what you're looking for when you're a general manager, is how can I minimize my risk while maximizing my reward and taking Jalen Carter for the Philadelphia Eagles so far? Looks like a steal. Looks like a steal at nine. Um, Roderick, he asks, he says, how good is Tua? Love that man's play. He's a difference maker. Uh, most teams are in trouble if they have to go to their second quarterback. But Tua, he's so much better. That team is so much better when he's there. And and we were honestly a little frightened for him last year. Just the, the, the shots he's taken to the head and the long-term repercussions that can have with the concussions that... If he has one more, I want him to just stop, just, just be done with football, put the money in the bank, go out as a a legend, you know, oh man, remember how good that guy was? I mean, I, Gail Sayers was just a little bit before my time, but the man's a legend. You know, I, I I go back and look and see how good this guy was. I don't want him to be Gail Sayers necessarily. um, But that's kind of what I'm getting at is if he's really, really good stay healthy. Please, please take care of your body. It's, it's just not worth it when you're messing, you know, having a limp for life is one thing, you know, not knowing what day it is is another. That's a big thing. John Harrell coming in says, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you, John. Appreciate you being here. My swanker coming in. says, is the jets fishing for a quarterback or is Zach Wilson? The answer. That's a, that's a great question. I think they're looking and, and frankly, they need another one because Zach Wilson was number two they they're down a quarterback so they uh, they'll kick the tires on a bunch of guys you know Matt Ryan's name was floated around um and for the love of God please stop saying Colin Kaepernick and Andrew luck just please it's it's enough it's over you know for all you influencers out there that are trying to get easy you know clicks and and retweets and and mo- now that you can actually make money on Twitter I get it just stop. It's tired. It, it's enough. Those guys are are done. Um, but speaking of Matt Ryan and and going with his connection to the Falcons, there was some talk about Taylor Heineke, uh, the backup right now in Atlanta, maybe getting a call. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts, would he be worth uh you know a, a, a little bit of a, a talk? Um, Carson Wentz. None of the options are great. Um, unfortunately. We hear all the time, well, you know, and and I see Fallen uh, Angels uh, has a question too, and I'll I'll tie this in together. Um, You know, he says, are there any free agents the Broncos should sign? For the most part, no. (laughs) Um, You know, if there's Kareem Hunt out there, he can still do a job. Running back's a little bit different. But, you know, we're two weeks into the season. If the guys can play, they're playing right now you know there's no magic bullet out there where you can come in and say this guy has been sitting out there waiting i know minnesota minnesota viking fans uh just do a quick search on dalton reisner speaking of broncos ex-denver bronco uh turned free agent is still unsigned and people look at you know best available free agents well there aren't any really good free agents left out there but if you're if you're looking he was considered one of the top free agents going in by certain media markets, ESPN was a big one for him. And all of a sudden people look at this number and say, okay, well, he's really good. And well, no, he wasn't, you know, everybody, you can do a search on Dalton riser on Twix and it'll, you'll see, I can't believe he's not signed. Why isn't he signed? You know, who knows why he hasn't been signed yet? Broncos fans, Broncos fans know why he hasn't been signed yet because he hasn't been very good. The last couple years, the ego, his self, Esteem is great. I The $10 million guy. No, he he is a $1 to $2 million possible starter, backup level guard. Uh, If that's an improvement for your team, Minnesota Vikings, great, but you don't overpay for that. I I wrote it in March when the Falcons had an open left guard spot because they had lost... uh, Eli Wilkinson was gone to free agency. Chuma Dogo was gone. Colby Gossett was gone. I said about as much money as I would give Dalton Reisner... Is what the Falcons gave Colby Gossett to be about a reserve, which was nine hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. Two million dollars is average. That puts him about thirty-five. If you if I gave your left your your offensive guard two million dollars a year, that puts you mid-pack of starters. That's about right. That's about right. Um, so any free agents, there, there will be guys out there. There will be transactions made constantly for all teams every week through the season, but they will basically be back into the roster guys. There's you're, you're going to be hard pressed to really find uh you know, a difference maker that isn't already playing with someone out there. So, and then if you start doing trades or whatnot, you know, are you a buyer or are you a seller? You know, so these games that we're going to run through become extremely important becoming it's like, Oh, the Denver Broncos could really use a better pass rush. Okay. One, what are you going to give up to get them? And two, would you give something up right now if you start the season zero and two and you're staring at the face at one and five? No, you're you're a seller again. So that's uh you know those are the things you have to take into consideration. Michael, good morning. Appreciate you being here uh, with the the fire emojis. Appreciate you checking in this morning. This is a uh, you know this is a newer show, so uh, spread the word. You know let people know. Um, Nick will be joining me a lot more often. So right now I'm counting on y'all. Uh, roderick cook asks is 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 quarterback called wilson zach wilson currently is your answer you're asking yeah Uh, let me see i've got that all backed up if zach wilson wilson is the answer you're asking the wrong question yeah he's i'd like to see him succeed i don't root against 99 of players i root for them i'm i i I like seeing them succeed. You know, I want my team to win, but I, I don't like to see other guys fail. I feel bad for them. But Zach Wilson has been poor, and I've mentioned this before. And the thing that scares me about Zach Wilson is he's kind of an anomaly. Normally, you want to pressure a rookie quarterback. You know, get him get him thinking too fast, making decisions too fast. It's exactly the opposite with him. The more time he's had to make a decision, the worse his decision making gets. That's a Scary prospect when you're talking about Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Can that get better with time? Yes, it can. Got to see it, though. So he should uh, should be able to get a chance. Um, Cam coming in. He says, obviously, we're going to run first against the Packers. He's speaking of the Atlanta Falcons. But how much do you think will scheme passes up against the Packers compared to the Panthers? I believe the Atlanta Falcons game plan going into the Panthers was this offense can't beat us the brand new Bryce Young coming in, um starting wide receivers, a rookie also, new coach, new scheme at home. Let's just not beat ourselves. Um, now, would they have been a little more aggressive if Brian Burns wasn't, you know, camping out in the offensive backfield and wrecking the any type of pass plays you wanted to have? Probably. Uh, you may have thrown a little bit more. But then when they saw Brian Burns was doing that, they said, listen, let's just run the damn ball. Let's play it safe. Let the defense do its thing because we have some players on that side of the ball now and and get a win. And for those of you counting at home, that 14-point victory for the Atlanta Falcons was only the fourth double-digit win they've had in four seasons, including this one. So three plus, Three plus seasons. Only the fourth double-digit victory. They don't come very often, y'all. So... Everybody, you know, I see, you know, Desmond Ritter falls on this quarterback index. The Falcons are still in the 20s. You know, just win, man. And and this will be, they, they can't win 17 games. Sorry. They can't have a winning season through 17 games with the same game plan, but they can beat the, the Panthers with that game plan. Can they do it against the Packers? I think they're going to need to have a little bit more despite the injuries. Uh, and we'll get into that one. Um, what is the over under on the Falcons Packers game? Uh that's one of the first one. We can go ahead and start getting into these a little bit. Um, over under that one is 40.5. The Falcons are a one and a half point favorite. Packers are at um in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Two games on the road because I think they were on the road last week in Chicago. Um, one and oh, a good showing. Jordan Love with three touchdowns, nice debut, so to speak, for the for the Packers. Falcons won comfortably, um, but ugly. But, you know, you'd rather have a, an ugly win than a, a, a pretty a pretty loss. I think this one is really close with Christian Watson out, Aaron Watson out. If those guys, they're doubtful right now. It doesn't look good for them. I think the Packers are going to have a tough time moving the ball, and I think the Falcons will move the ball better than they did last week where they still scored 24 points, and they're the 10th-ranked scoring offense in the NFL. So I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, I said – uh I said I kind of like the Packers this one. I moved off of this one because to me it's a pick'em. It's it's really close. The Falcons are favored now by one and a half. They were a one point underdog to start the week, depending on where you looked. So I like the Falcons at this one to go two and zero. Oh. Um, so I think that's a, a very interesting game. Uh, Michael Ranquillo coming in. Good morning, Scott, on coast to coast. Uh, good morning to you, Michael. Appreciate you being here today. Thanks for for stopping in. But one of those teams, the Packers or the Falcons, are going to come out of this game 2-0 and start talking seriously about playoffs. I'm not sure the Packers were talking about playoffs coming in. Um, it's Packers, they always have high expectations. I know no one was really, t- really talking about the Falcons nationally about playoffs. But in Atlanta, they're expecting playoffs this year. They're They're, they're expecting to, with this schedule... With all the money put into the defense, with the offensive weapons, they're expecting playoffs. And to do that, they need to take care of business at home against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Next game up on the docket, the the Las Vegas Raiders against the Buffalo Bills. Raiders look good. The Raiders had a a good game plan. They were relatively mistake-free in Denver week one. They won 17-16. They are an eight-and-a-half-point dog on the road to the Bills. And frankly, the Bills are a little hot and cold. You know, with Josh Allen, which Josh Allen's going to show up—Superman or you know the the, the Bizarro World um, Superman, where he's just giving the ball away all the time. Um, I wouldn't want to play Buffalo in Buffalo after that game. I, I think the Raiders, coming off the West Coast, coming off a win, coming off the Buffalo Bills' loss, I think the Raiders are in trouble. That eight and a half is one of the bigger lines of the week, and I think that's probably about right. Uh, I think Buffalo comes out and kind of reasserts themselves in the AFC after starting 0-1 with a loss in New York, on 9-11 in New York. Well, in New Jersey. They're across the river in New Jersey against New York. Um, I think this is a tough one for the Raiders. Um, be interested to see what you think. Um, I, I like the Bills to bounce back against against this one. And, then, and another one, another intra divisional state in the AFC, AFC North, Uh, One o'clock on CBS, the Baltimore Ravens, 1-0, who looked good in week one against the Bengals, 0-1, who looked terrible in week one against the Browns. Give credit to the Browns. Uh, But the Bengals look terrible. Still, Cincinnati's a three-point favorite in this one. Ravens at Bengals. Do we have as much faith, or, or is it more about the opposition? Home game, I just got done saying about the Bills. One of the AFC favorites, one of the top teams in the AFC, Cincinnati Bengals, coming off a, a, a bad loss at home. That said, the Ravens are better than the Raiders. So that one's sitting there at minus three with an over under at 46 and a half. The Bengals start 0-2. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if the Ravens went in and got the win in Cincinnati. Look for Cincinnati. Be back. Uh, 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 if they're going to be... An AFC contender, they need to win this game. Their, their backs are already against the wall. So, I do like the Ravens, though. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Ravens fan. I like the way they do business up there. I like the way they draft. I like the way they develop players. Um, they've got pretty good weapon, rookie weapon. Speaking of rookies in and uh, Zay Flowers, I kind of like the Ravens in this one as a road dog. See how crazy that turns out to be Seahawks and Lions. Lions are one to know they're at home. Detroit is a four and a half point favorite. The Seahawks overachieved by most estimations last year. They are zero and one now after losing to the Rams. And now they're going on to the Lions. Now I might normally say the Lions are due for a hangover game after that big win against Kansas City. But one, the Lions are good. Make no mistake about it. The Lions are good. That that wasn't a fluke win. Will they win seven out of 10 times against Kansas City Chiefs? No. But was it a, a huge surprise that they won the game? No, it's not. They're good. And they've had a few extra days to let that go by. If that's a Monday night game with all that emotion, you turn around and play on a Sunday. But they've had time for all that emotion to dissipate and go by. And I think... I think the they're the, the lines are legit. They'll come out ready to play at home. They're a four and a half point favorite, forty-seven point over under. I, I like the lines in this one to go two and zero. The Seahawks go to zero two. We'll see. It's a it's a big game for both teams. We've talked about you know the Detroit Lions that that AFC NFC North is wide open. It is. It's wide open. A two and zero start for the Lions could go a long way for uh, for pushing them towards. The uh the NFC North. We move forward to Chargers at Titans. Oh, how bad are the Titans? I feel like they're one of the under most underrated teams year to year. And then they went out and had a poor game last week. Uh they're 0-1 at home. They're three point dogs to the Chargers, one o'clock on CBS in Nashville. I like the Chargers in this one. On the road, it's tough picking all these road games. Um, I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on that one. That's not one of the more interesting games to me. Um, Bears and Buccaneers, though, starts becoming a little more interesting to me. The Bears got beat pretty handily by the Packers at home to open their season. It looked kind of like the same old, same old defense can't stop anybody relying too much on Justin Fields. Buccaneers got a little bit of a surprise victory last week to go to 1-0. and They're two and a half point favorites. This was a team that we were talking about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that could be vying for a top three draft pick. And here they are. A home favorite with the chance to go two and zero with the Bucks. That's interesting. That becomes a real interesting game to me because you start off two and zero in the NFC South. You got a leg up. You're you're a good start. Now I know the Saints are one and zero. The Falcons are one and zero. The Bucks are one and zero. All have a chance to go two and zero. You know, for not bad for the NFL's worst division. But this is a big game for both teams because the Bears have a lot of. Good feelings going in. They spent a lot in free agency. This is our year. We're gonna start coming back, and then to start off zero and two, you're asking some tough questions there in Chicago. Tampa's just the opposite. Okay, it's a rebuilding year for us. We got to clear some contracts. Could have a good dra- a good draft pick next year. Hell, we're sitting there at two and zero. That could be. Uh, that's a, a really really intriguing game for me. I'm not quite a believer in the Bucks yet, but Chicago on the road to pick them. I'm staying away from that one. Uh, that that's going to be a really interesting game for me. Um, Roger Cook asks, he says next year there will be how many quarterbacks picked in the, in the first round. I haven't gotten that much into it yet, but I think there'll be at least three. There may be more than that. And I guess they're already, you know, talking up the class of 2025 too. You know, all I know for sure is that, you know, there's, there's going to be two in the top three picks and probably first two in Drake may and, and Caleb Williams. Yesterday, I was asked who gets um, who gets Caleb Williams. Well, I guess his camp has come out and said through channels, not said. Uh, allegedly, if they don't like the franchise that's sitting there with the number one pick, they may go back to USC. And frankly, I love that that's an option. He can make eight figures. He can make $10 million next year at USC with NIL many. The NFL and NCAA have been in this unholy coalition for years and years and years and years, repressing the student athlete and keeping the the NFL players really from a free market system. Now they're in competition. Now they'll be in competition. So let's see how the rules change over the next three years. You know, do I keep players in my NFL, my NFL feeder system in the NCAA and say, you have to stay in school for three years before you're eligible, or do they change that up a little bit? And go the more the MLB route where you could get drafted, I think, five or six times in Major League Baseball. And it's up to baseball to make you an offer that you accept rather than say, "Okay, I'm done with college. I'm quitting. Do you want me or not? Oh, you don't? Well, crap. I can't go back to college now. Doesn't seem uh, quite fair. Um, Mr. Swanker has another question about the, the Packers and Falcons game. He says, how does the Troy Anderson injury look? Will he be ready for the Packers or no? He's been in concussion protocol and he came in a day late. Uh with some late symptoms. So won't surprise me if they held out the, the linebacker for, for one more week and then look for you know Tay Davis and Nate Landeman to step up and they might sign a guy from the practice squad. Um but to, to come up for the 53. But my guess right now is doubtful is is where we would see him, uh Troy Anderson and good player, um, second year guy super athletic want to see that athleticism translate to production on the field and when it does uh the Falcons will have something there um Chiefs and Jaguars my goodness here's a game when we want to start talking about there's I mean the the Chiefs could still go out and pull off you know 12 and 2 to finish the season don't get me wrong but there's a legit chance going to Jacksonville, who is turning, who's turned into a, a legit AFC contender at home, taking on the 0-1 Chiefs, 1-0 Jaguars. There's a legit chance that the, the Kansas City Chiefs start 0-2. And then the questions start coming. Is Andy Reid lost it? Is it too much for him? And the pressure starts building a little bit, uh, and those narratives from I'm a little more level-headed than most, but those narratives in the national media start kicking up when you've got, you know, eight channels and 24 hours of news coverage to fill. Uh, They start, you know, you'll start seeing, is this the end of the Kansas City Chiefs? Blah, blah, blah. That pressure starts to add up a little bit and make no mistake about it, just like Detroit, wasn't, if if Jacksonville wins this game, it won't be a huge surprise. They're good. They're at home. Kansas City coming in is a a three-and-a-half point uh, favorite. Now I got done saying all that just like the bills. I think the chiefs get it together. Kelsey is still questionable for this game. How much of an impact will he make? That becomes a big factor. Um, but the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were good last year. Calvin Ridley has come back. Like he hasn't missed any time. He had most of his damage done in the first half. So maybe it did take him a little bit to get his legs underneath him, but you know, hundred was it eight catches for hundred plus yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a solid debut. Yeah. It was eight catches one Oh one and a touchdown last week. Solid debut for Jacksonville um, going back home, taking some time off, getting his mind right and coming back healthy. He's a really good player. And that was a little bit of a surprise for me that he hit the ground running that fast. Let's see, let's see how long he can keep it up. But for me, Jacksonville and Kansas City is one of the most intriguing games on this entire roster. Um, still in the one o'clock slot, Colts and Texans on Fox. This one becomes interesting to me for a couple reasons. One, I want to see the development of the two quarterbacks. I think of the three big draft picks from last year. I thought Anthony Richardson looked the best of the three guys between Bryce Young and Carolina. C.J. Stroud uh, with the Texans. And then Anthony Richardson. Other than that, seeing the development of these young teams, I like to see Will Anderson. I want to see how he does. This one still becomes a battle for how high is the draft pick going to be for me. Um, And unfortunately for the Texans, they gave theirs away. So, not gave. They traded theirs away, and they got a pretty good player back out of it. But that becomes... This is a battle to see who wants to keep winning and who's going to be three and fourteen at the end of the season. And I've said I think Tex, the Texans, are the ones that are still a year behind and just don't have the manpower to to go seven, eight wins this year. Um, nothing again. That's nothing to do with D'Amico Ryans. I just think that's the state of their roster right now. Um, but again, I'll be really interested. I thought Anthony Richardson played very well. Last week, uh, better than most people expected, especially in the passing game. And and, and he's a lot of fun to watch. How about uh, NFC West battle? Because we start 4 o'clock, the 49ers and Rams, 4 o'clock Eastern time. 49ers at Rams. Rams were a little bit of a surprise win last week, a little bit. But when Matthew Stafford, I think Matthew Stafford is probably the most underrated quarterback of this generation. I'm glad he got his ring to help figure that out. He was really, really good in Detroit. It's just historically, Detroit is not really, really good. Uh, and you've got some of the best players to ever suit up in the NFL period who never really got to win anything in Detroit. I'm speaking of Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, and yes, I will add Matthew Stafford to that list. So when Matthew Stafford is good, they're going to be really good. That said, um, the 49ers are ahead of them. 49ers at Rams, 49ers 7.5, both 1-0. and 49ers going to move to 2-0 and after this one. Next game, Giants and Cardinals. My goodness. Talk about a bounce back game that's needed. And if you ever needed a team, the only way this could be better for the Giants is if they were at home. You want to face the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are, for me, far and away, the favorite to have the number one overall pick next year. They played well last week in a loss, but it was still a loss. And I still don't believe in this team yet. They've got a long way to go. I still think they want to... They're, what would be best for them is to have a number one pick next year. And I think that's what they're going for. The Giants, after that shellacking they took on Monday Night Football to the Cowboys, they bounce back in a big way. They're four point favorites. I think they cover that one. Uh, Jets and Cowboys, speaking of interesting games, the Cowboys are the ones that put that shellacking on the New York Giants. They are nine point home favorites that sounds about right to me. Um, you know, God bless the New York jets and getting that win against the bills. I don't think they can sustain that over the course of 17 games with Zach Wilson as your quarterback. Uh, Dallas is a good team. They're at home. Very emotional week for the New York jets. It is going to be awfully tough for the jets to go in and get a win. I like the Cowboys. Nine's a big number, but, uh, If you're looking at the over under on this one, it's 38.5. I think they're thinking, what's that? What's that turn out to be? About 28 to 20. That's too many. So I can't do the math in my head while I'm live. But Cowboys are going to win this one and they they don't count on the Jets scoring a whole lot of points. Uh, I agree with this. Let's check in on the chat real quick because some folks have started coming in. Zach Powers, he says, Good morning, morning to you as well. I've already finished my coffee. So the guy yesterday who said I'd watch if he wasn't drinking coffee, I have my water now. I have to keep wetting my whistle, man, or I don't make it. I'm talking 40 straight minutes. So now it's the water. So good morning. Um, And Roger Cook, going back to Jacksonville, he says, so I understand the better Ridley plays, um, the higher comp pick rises. So it was a conditional pick, and there's one more condition to be met cuz i think it's a third round pick now that the jacksonville jaguars will send the atlanta falcons i think it had the chance to move up to a second if the, the last the last condition on this was if they sign him to another contract cuz he's playing on a contract here part of it was we're sending you this uh if he makes a team it upgrades to this etc etc so they already got a pick last year for him i think it was a fifth or something but this year's pick could end up being i think as high as a second round pick If he signs to another contract, he's in a contract year. So right now you absolutely want, uh, you're rooting for, for Calvin Ridley, except against the Falcons in London in October. If, uh, if you're a Falcons fan, um, let's see, we hit on Jets and Cowboys commanders at Broncos. This one, if you if we want to get into depth on why these games have become so interesting, make sure you check us out on Mile High Huddle on YouTube, where we do Broncos for breakfast on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. But this is a game I'm not sold on the Washington Commanders. I think they're a year away as well. I'm thrilled for Commanders fans that you got new ownership. You deserve it. Nobody deserves to be strapped in a Monopoly billionaire boys club league like this, where the only people that get punished for crappy ownership are the fans. Uh, If you follow international football at all, if you lose, the owner gets punished. He loses a crap ton of money. They kick you out of the league. It's awesome. It's called relegation, and it's fantastic. They don't do that in the socialist system that is the NFL. They just stay and collect their money. So I'm thrilled for Washington fans that you've got a new ownership. That said, the damage has been done, that you're not ready to be a winner right away this year, in my opinion. Here's a good chance to prove me wrong, because... Going to the Broncos, this is, this is what I would consider a must-win game for the Denver Broncos for the 2023 season. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. They looked better against what looked like an improved Las Vegas team. They limited Josh Jacobs. They limited Devontae Adams, and they still lost. That, that's that's a little bit of a concern. Um, their defense has to play better to get the ball into the offensive hands who didn't play bad. They only had six possessions last week. That's crazy. They had six possessions on offense and scored 16 points. I don't like Washington's chances of going in and beating the Denver Broncos in Denver. Switch these around, one o'clock game in Washington. I might have a different story, but I think the home game makes the difference in this one. Um, I'm uh, I, I like this. If it goes bad for the Broncos, it's gonna we, we start asking some hard questions about. We start looking at the roster and looking at the contracts and saying, okay, who's gone for next year? Because there's a lot of guys at the top of their roster list, at the top of their salary cap list, whose contracts become very team-friendly next year. Russell Wilson's not one of those guys, but Cortland Sutton, Garrett Bowles, um, there are several more. Those are the two, those are two of the big ones. Randy Gregory, I mean, he's toast. I think he's in trouble right now no matter what, and we can get into that later. Uh, on Mile High Huddle or at a different show if you have any questions or leave them in the comments. I love asking, answering questions later on down the line. Um, Dolphins and Patriots. Dolphins are a three-point favorite on the road on Sunday night to New England. I like the Dolphins in this one. While they're healthy with everything firing, they look like a legitimate contender in the AFC. And do they crank up the Jonathan Taylor talk a little bit more? Um, could they use that running back? Jonathan Taylor looks to be healthy in three weeks. The Colts are shopping running backs. Could be, could be, could be. Um, we'll see. And FC Donley has a good question. Just as we come back to, uh, the Denver says Denver can't keep three decent receivers on the field at the same time. The injuries have been brutal, but I think Jerry Judy will be back this year. Marvin uh, this year, duh, this week, he was really close last week. So I think Judy comes back. Sutton can play. Judy can play. And if your third wide receiver is Marvin Mims, I think you're in pretty good shape, but you need to get these freaking guys healthy. Losing Greg Dulcich doesn't help at all. You know, as Brandon Johnson, your number three. I think you're, you, you want to do better than that. No offense to him, but as a, as a GM, I'm thinking, where do I need to get better? Okay. I need to get better there. Um, and they, but before they do anything, they need to do better of getting the other team off the field. That to me was one of the biggest reasons that the Broncos lost last week to the Raiders was Jimmy G and his ability to convert third downs, to keep the chains moving and limit the times that Russell Wilson and that offense, um, touched, uh, touched the ball. Um, miss my swanker asked, do you see Jared Goff breaking the record of passes of not throwing an INT? I don't know how close he is. Um, if he's within 60, I would say maybe. If it's over 60, I would say no. So it's just hard to go. I know how many he's done before. You know, Desmond Ritter's already starting to like approach records for beginning a, a career without throwing interception. Um, but it's just one throw away at any given moment, a tip ball. Um a a tip ball at the line of scrimmage that goes up one that's bobbled and dropped and picked out of the air, you know, a misread, anything like that. So um, I think it would be, it's just tough. Uh, and can, I also grew up in an era where the top quarterbacks regularly threw 15 to 20 interceptions a year. Now now that would get your ass benched. That wouldn't happen um, anymore. So let me see here. The Saints, good. we moved to Monday night. We have two Monday night games. we got the Saints and Panthers um the saints are on the road saints at panthers it's a 40 point over under with the saints as a three-point favorite i like the saints in this one panthers just aren't ready the panthers defense is legit their offense just isn't there yet i really like bryce young i think he's going to be a problem in this league for a long time but he's a rookie making his second start frank reich and that offensive system is in their second start Uh, I think the Saints are ahead of ahead here. I know Derek Carr is making his second start with the Saints, but it's a little different for me. Um, So I would go. I would go Saints on this one. And then finally, Browns at Steelers. The Browns are a two and a half point favorite and the Steelers didn't look good. But man, the Steelers have had the Browns number for a long. Long time. I know that's evened out a little bit recently at home coming off a loss. The Steelers need this one. I'm a uh, I'm a Mike Tomlin stan. I, I think the Steelers uh, win this one to to even this even up everything in the North. Let's see if the Bengals win that puts them at one and one. The Steelers at one and one. But I took the Raven. I think the Ravens the Ravens come out of this two and zero, oh, and then they they've got the Steelers and Browns on their heels at one and one. That's how I see the uh, the AFC North coming in. That about does it for me, y'all. We're about 37 minutes. I appreciate everybody coming in. hope you enjoyed the game last night. I hope you enjoy this weekend. Catch some college football. See some Caleb Williams. See some Drake May for UNC. See some of those guys that are coming up and enjoy it. And then uh, we will see you Monday morning on this channel. We'll be talking Falcons, Packers. But this show is is Fridays where we start doing NFL. And Nick will join me moving forward we do NFL and if you would rather if you would rather focus on one or two games let me know in the comments or if you like that speed dial and then we can you can follow up and ask questions later let me know this show's for y'all i'm here for y'all on that note appreciate everybody being here have a great weekend everybody